0: It tears me up. Anyway, if you got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. I'm going to I'm gonna try to get us out of here a little early tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter number four, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 18. Uh, just to give you a, a little bit of a, of, of a background here, John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus in the chapter before. He didn't baptize Jesus uh, for salvation. Uh, but he baptized him for identification. Amen. And uh, as he baptized him, uh, God spoke from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. And then uh, after that, Jesus goes up into the wilderness to be tested, uh, or the Bible says tempted, but if you'll look up that word, it means tested of the devil. And he is tested three times and to every uh, test or temptation that the devil put his weight, the Bible says that, uh, three words, as it is written. And uh, so Jesus confronted his temptation or his testing with scripture. And he was also fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And I say all that to say this, your prayer life and your Bible reading is very important. Jesus, this is how He fought His battles. This is how Jesus confronted the enemy. When the the enemy confronted the Son of God, He prayed and He quoted Scripture. Some of us in here tonight are wondering why the devil gets the best of us all the time. Here's why. You ain't been praying and you ain't got some Scripture memorized that you can stand on and trust God about. Amen. Jesus Trusted God or, or trusted in the word, he quoted the word, and that's how he combated the devil. Amen. And so, uh, we get to chapter number uh, four here, and this story is actually uh, doesn't give us the whole picture. We have to go to John chapter number one and verse number 35 and we'll we'll understand, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but but we 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 are introduced to four men, we're introduced to Peter, Andrew. James and John and this is Jesus starting his ministry and he is calling his disciples. And so he calls, uh, first he calls Simon uh, Peter and he calls Andrew. But this is not the first time that uh, Jesus has met Peter and Andrew. If you go over to John chapter number one, uh, I should have already had this saved. Give me just a second. Let me jump over there real quick. John chapter number one and verse number thirty five. The Bible says, And the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Verse number 37, And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. I'm going to read that verse one more time. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. So uh, Simon, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew have already met Jesus. And I believe they have already believed on Jesus for their salvation. They have recognized him as the Messiah. And that'll make more sense when we get into our scripture for today. Because Matthew chapter number four. The Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. He saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And this is where it begins to make sense that they have already met Jesus and already believed on him, because it be Papa Carl, it'd be very odd if I just walked up to some stranger in the mall and said, hey, follow me. And I just took off walking. You know what they would do? They would probably call the psych ward. All right. And they say, this dude's out here trying to get people to follow him. He's sketchy. All right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And Jesus just walks up and says, follow me. And the Bible says that they straightway dropped what they were doing. And followed after him, and I started scratching my head, and I said, that's, that's kind of odd. And then when I began to read, I, I finally realized they, these men had already had an interaction with Jesus. They have already recognized him as the Messiah. And so Jesus walks up to them out of the blue and says, follow me. I want to preach a message tonight, and I'm not going to take long. I want to preach a message real quick on a very simple message called, follow him. Just follow him. I know that's simple. And I know some of you are thinking, well, I already know this. I don't need to listen to this. I already follow him. But do you? But do you follow Him daily? Do you follow Him every morning when you wake up? Do you follow Him when you make decisions for you and your spouse? Do you follow Him when you make decisions for your children? Do you follow Him on which church you need to go to? Do you follow Him on whether or not you should be serving in this capacity or another? Do you follow Him in every aspect of your life? These men dropped everything and followed Him. It was so... I mean, when I read this, it was like, wow, What obedience. What obedience. These men did not question anything. They just dropped what they were doing and began to follow him. What 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 an encouragement to look and read this story and know that there are people, and we could be just like them, that follow him no matter what. They don't need an explanation, they're just willing to follow him. I want to be that person. I want to be Andrew. I want to be Peter. I want to be James. I want to be John. I want to be somebody who, when Jesus says, go, I go. When Jesus says, follow me, I don't need an explanation. I just go. Amen. Amen. I see a couple verses and then we'll get into the message tonight. John chapter 10 and verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And listen, and they follow me. Jesus says, my sheep. Who is my sheep? Save people. All right, my sheep hear my voice and what follow me. Follow me if you are having a hard time following him, you might not be his sheep, amen. When I get home, my wife we, we have this dog, her name's River, and she is my uh, what's the word? Uh, therapy dog. I mean, not literally, but but literally, like she's my therapy dog. I mean. Like, literally, when I get home, it makes me smile every time I see her. She is my, my beautiful other little girl, okay? I have her so spoiled, Brother Johnny. This is my motto. If you can't spoil them, don't have them, amen? And so I spoil her. I mean, she, she lays on my chest. I mean, she, she eats the same food I eat most of the time. I mean, everywhere I go in that house, she goes, okay? Now, when I go to go somewhere... She automatically comes right out the door with me, and I try to get in my truck. I can't go nowhere because she wants to go with me. Everywhere I go, she's on my side. And my, I'll, say, I'll say, babe, call River. And she'll say, River, come here. River, come here, River, come here, River, come here, come here. She's like looking at her like, I ain't going with you. I'm going with Daddy, right? And I had to get out of my truck, brother Jim, I had to walk all the way back up to the house and say, River, come on, get in here, get in here. She goes right in. What am I trying to say? She's my dog. She knows my voice. She loves me. Well, Have have y'all heard that joke? If you want to know if your wife really loves you or or, or who loves you more, your wife or your dog, put them both in the trunk of the car, close the trunk, leave for an hour and come back and see which one greets you nicer, okay? (laughs) All right? It's worth the shot. It's worth the shot. I'm not going to try it, but if one of you want to try it, Let me know how it turns out. I'd love to know, okay? I would love to know. But she's my dog, and she knows my voice. The other morning we was hunting, and we was hunting in some tall grass, and I couldn't see her, and it kind of worried me for a minute. And all I had to say was, Rip! here she comes running. And she runs over here and gets over here by my side. She knows my voice, and she comes when I talk to her. She follows me. Are y'all getting where I'm going? If we are his sheep, which I hope every one of us in here are, I'm claiming to be tonight, we ought to follow him. We ought to know his voice. Amen. Amen. John 12, verse 26, the Bible says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also be, or there shall also my servant be. Listen to this. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Matthew chapter number 10 and verse number 38 says this. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, this this hurt a little bit, is not worthy of me. I'm going to read that again. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now, if you're like me, that didn't surprise you. I don't feel like I'm worthy of him now, right? Amen. But for Jesus to say this, I think what he's trying to get across to us is this. If we are not willing to drop what we're doing and follow him, Amen. we're not worthy. You want his help in your, in your problem? You better be following him. Amen. Are y'all with me? You better be following him. I hope we're all, by the end of the night, I hope we all have a new thought when it comes to following him. I want to follow him. I want my family to follow him. I want my children to follow him. I want the ministry that I'm a part of to follow him in everything that we do. I noticed these men, before they were called, I want to give you a couple things. I noticed before they were called, they were working. They were working. Don't expect God to put you somewhere if you will not work where He's placed you. Don't expect God to give you something else to do if He cannot trust you where He's already placed you. Some people are in here tonight And you're just like me because I have these problems myself. We look down the road and we say, God, God, I hope you use me in this capacity in my my life. And God's looking down here and he's saying, I wish you'd just do the last thing I told you to do. I wish you'd just follow me right where I have you instead of looking way down the road. Because when you were looking way down the road, you're missing out on what I have for you right in front of you. And these men, God had given them the gift of Fishing. He hasn't given me that gift. Amen. Every time I go fishing, I can't catch nothing. All right. He has given me, if you ask my wife, he has given me the gift of running my mouth. All right. And so I figure that's probably what he wants me to do with my life. Amen. And I just try to follow him. Okay. I'm just trying to follow him. But these men were gifted to fish and they had already met Jesus and, and praise the Lord. They saw him as the Messiah but they said, you know what? We got work to do. And they began to continue to work. And then Jesus trusted them. Amen. And saw their work ethic and said, okay, if they can handle this, I'm going to give them something else. Are you all with me? So they were working and also they were willing. They dropped everything they had and they followed him. This is what I want to talk about tonight real quick. I want to give you four things that you will not find in this piece of scripture. Four things that you will not find in this piece of Scripture. I know that sounds negative, but just trust me. I think you'll get the picture here in a minute. Number one, you will not find in this Scripture reassurance. What do you mean, Brother Dalton? This is what I mean. Jesus, Brother Johnny, he did not say, Hey, boys, if you will follow me, you'll be rich. If you'll follow me, you'll have a retirement account like nobody else. If you'll follow me, they will know your name on the other side of the planet. That's not what. If you'll follow me, I'll give you a book in my word and I'll let you write it. He didn't tell them all that up front. Are y'all with me? He didn't give them that reassurance that so many people are waiting on God to say, hey, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. And you're not going to get it. When God calls somebody, He calls them, and that's it. We ought not to have, if, God, if all God ever did for us is save us, He's done plenty. Man, He's done plenty. He ought not to have to make you promises. Right How many of y'all ever have kids and, and try to take family pictures? <laughs> say amen, Brother Jake. It'll make you get saved three times, I promise you, all right? You'll get back there, Brother Johnny, and, and it'll be Wyatt and Weston taking pictures, and this is what we say You want a piece of candy? You want a piece of candy? You better smile. You better smile. You want daddy to take you out to eat? You better smile. We have to to promise them something in return to get them to do what we want them to do. Are y'all with me? God is not that way. He's not going to promise you a bed of roses. He's not going to promise you that everything is going to be hunky-dory. But He's going to call you. And this is what I love about this. If I'm following Him then guess who's with me? He is. If I'm following Him, then guess who's already been where I'm going? Him. So why am I worried about this or that? Just follow Him. You don't need the reassurance. Are y'all with me? These men did not get the reassurance. God didn't promise them riches or fame. He didn't promise them a life of ease. But He said, follow me and I'll use your life. What if, the, what if the church of today, what if our country would have that same attitude of, if Jesus says go, I'll go. I don't, need, I don't need the money. I don't need the, I don't need the reassurance. I'll just obey what God says do. Let me ask you this question. Are you waiting on reassurance? Are you waiting on Him to promise you something? You might be waiting a while. How about just get involved? Be obedient to what He's already told you to do and watch God use your life. Amen. Amen. Number one, there was no reassurance. Jesus didn't promise them a goodie basket, all right? Number two, there was no reassurance, but number two, there was no restraint. There was no restraint. Look Look at this. These men, the Bible says... In verse number 20, and they straightway, which means immediately, they immediately left their nets and followed him. There was no restraint. They left everything immediately. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. Nothing held them back. What is holding you back from following him tonight? What is holding you back? What is it that Jesus says, follow me, and you say, I can't? What is it that Jesus says, follow me, and you say, hold up? Jesus says, follow me, and you say, give me a minute. We ought to say, yes, sir, boss. Whatever you say, I will do. Wherever you go, I will go. Are y'all with me? Yes. These men did not let anything hold them back. Did y'all see this? This is the, this is the craziest thing. They left immediately. How sensitive are you to God's voice? How many of y'all got kids, you got to tell them to do something a hundred times? I know I keep using my kids as an example tonight, but I think my kids are the greatest example of a Christian. They're hard-headed. They don't listen. I got a problem just to get them to do what I want them to do. Brother Johnny, they need a beating. Even if I didn't see them do something, they need a beating because I didn't see them do something, all right? They need a beating every day of the week. My son, right before we came here, I, I just said, son... I'm about to have to preach. I don't want to have to kill you. I don't want to have to kill you and then have to go tell these people about Jesus, all right? Just sit on the couch and be quiet. I mean, my son, he is, he is a... I, I can't even use the word I want to use because y'all look, look down on me. He'll walk by his sister and push her down and just keep walking. I mean, today she was playing with her ball. She has a little bouncy ball. She's playing in the, in the living room. And he grabbed the ball and threw it under the couch. (laughs) Y'all think I'm lying. I just watched him do it. I just watched him do it. And the reason I keep using my children as an example is because they remind me of Christians. Amen. (laughs) Amen. They remind me of Christians. I tell them to do something, and I got to continually. Don't mess with your sister. Go clean up your room. I done told you to clean up your room. We got company. Come over. Why ain't you got your room clean? You got to clean up your room. Finally, I'm like, come on. I'll help you. We got to clean your room up. Are y'all with me? Am I the only parent in here that struggles with this? Some of y'all give me some tips on parenting, please. I feel like this is how Jesus is with me. I done told you. I done told you. How many times I got to tell you? Let's go. I said, follow me. I done told you, follow me. I told you, follow me. When you was nine years old, why are you still waiting? What's holding you back? Why are you, what's constraining you? What is, what is re- restraining you? Why, why have you not given in? Why have you not surrendered? I saw these men, the Bible says, and they left their nets. This was their way of life. This is their living. They left their nets. Imagine, imagine Brother Jackson, he's, he's the best mechanic in the world. By the way, if you need, if you need something worked on, this man is the man, okay? He's told me before, and I ain't even going to tell you the number, but he's got a few dollars in some snap-on toolboxes and tools. All right? If you don't know what snap-on means, it means like $1,000 just to get on the truck, okay? Imagine brother Jackson leaving all them tools and all those thousands of dollars and leaving them and saying, "I'm following him." We would all say, "Hey, bro. I'll take them." You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take them, I'll sell them, I'll give you the money. All right? We'd say we go like this. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Why would you get rid of something like that? The Bible says they left their nets. Why? Because their nets were not as important Amen. as following Him. That's right. I noticed the, the woman at the well. If you go read that story, the Bible says that Jesus gave her living water. She came there with a water pot. And the Bible says that after Jesus gave her living water and she got saved, the Bible says that she left her water pot. I'm, I, I'm thankful. I, I'm thinking about Matthew. Matthew. When God called him, he left his tax table. Are y'all with me? I'm thinking about blind Bartimaeus. When Jesus said, uh, bring him over here, he left his cloak. Go read it. Go read it. Why do these people leave in their stuff? Because Jesus is way more important than your stuff. Amen. And they would not allow what they had in their hands to affect if they were following him or not. Are y'all with me? Amen. What is it in your life? And Jesus is saying, follow me, and your hands are full. What about what about the rich young ruler? Jesus said, What? Follow me, he said. He said, sell your stuff, follow me. He said like this. The Bible says he walked away, what? Sad. There's a bunch of rich, young rulers in here tonight. And your hands are full. Well, I would, but my job. I, I would, but, but we've been friends for so long. I would, but man, we do this every week. We, I would, but this. Uh, my kids got bald. Jesus is saying, follow me and you walk away sad. Are y'all with me? What is it in your hands tonight that is hindering you from following him? What is it that you have the power to set down? You have the ability to put it down and surrender to Christ. Yet you hold on to it. Why? Has he not done enough for you? Oh, Brother Dalton, you're just guilt tripping me. Has he not done enough for you? Why are you going to let that hinder you? Maybe it's a relationship in here tonight. Maybe it's a girlfriend, boyfriend. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe, maybe it's this, that, or the other. You know what I'm talking about. Every time I mention it, you think about it. Why do you, why you continue to hold on to that? And it's hurting you. And it's hurting the people around you. Because you're not following Him. Can I just stop right here? Because I can see some of y'all looking at me like we here on Wednesday night, brother. We're following Him. No, you're not. No, you're not. Are you all with me? Look what Jesus said. If any man serve me, so they're already serving, then what's He say? Let him follow me. What's that mean? You can serve Him and not follow Him. Are y'all with me? You can teach Sunday school and not have a relationship with Him. You can sit on the pew on a Wednesday night and listen to me preach and look at me like I'm crazy and not follow Him. And the truth of the matter is, is the reason I'm preaching on following Him tonight is because I want you to follow Him. It's a burden in my heart tonight that God put on my, my spirit tonight to tell you, Quit holding on to this stuff and follow Him. Amen. That's right. Number one, there was no reassurance. Number two, there was no restraint. They followed exactly immediately what God told them to do. What's holding you back tonight? Number three, there was no resume found in this piece of Scripture. These men didn't come up to Jesus, Brother Johnny, and say, Well, I got a three-year Bible college degree from Calvary Baptist Church. My tithing record is 52 weeks out of the year, brother. And just so you know, I haven't missed a Sunday in 15 years. You know what? They was probably saying some things we wouldn't want them to say in this church. If you've ever fished with somebody and they missed a fish, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. They was probably not having the best language. Brother Johnny, I guarantee you they didn't have on a shirt and tie. Amen. But guess what? They were usable. They were available. And Jesus said, hey, I can use that old redneck fisherman. Are you all with me? Fishermen were simple. They weren't the, the high class of the day, believe it or not. They were simple. What is that trying to tell us? This is what I'm trying to tell you. You don't have to be this super Christian for, God, for, for you to follow him. You don't have to have a resume. You don't have to have a 52-week tithe record. You don't have to have this uh, perfect attendance in church. You don't have to have a Bible college degree. You don't have to eat out with the preacher every now and then. You don't have to teach a Sunday school class. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to be a certain color. You just have to be available. God is not interested in your ability. He is interested in your availability. Brother Jonathan Menese said this one time. I'll never forget it. He said this. God does not call the equipped. He equips those that he calls. Are y'all with me? He doesn't call you as if you're a great Sunday school teacher. He calls you and then he makes you a great Sunday school teacher. Are y'all with me? And everybody in here is so worried about following Him because you can't sing as good as Brother Jake. Well, nobody can. I mean, can't nobody sing like Jake? (laughs) Hey, but if God's giving you a voice to sing, then He'll he'll continually make you better and He'll continually strengthen that voice. Are y'all with me? God equips those that He calls. He's not interested in how good you are. He's interested in are you available? When he calls you, when he says, follow me, are y'all with me? Amen. We did our discipleship uh, a few years ago. I, if y'all remember, we did our discipleship classes on, on Sunday night. And when we were learning the curriculum for that and how we were going to go about doing that, one of the things that just stood out to us as we were in a staff meeting, we were going over it. This was the phrase that, that was put on this, this book. It says, you cannot make a disciple. We were like, what? I mean, the name of the book is Disciples Making Disciples. (laughs) What do you mean you can't make a disciple? That's what we're trying to do here, right? That's what it meant. You cannot make somebody follow Christ. Jesus couldn't grab them old boys by the shirt and say, listen here, follow me or else. Are y'all with me? He simply said, follow me. And by the way, Isn't this a beautiful picture of the meekness of Jesus? He could have grabbed them, snatched them up, and told them what they was going to do. He had the power to do so. But he simply just said, follow me. And they did it. Are you all with me? Jesus didn't make them. God's not going to make you. He's not not interested in how good you are. He doesn't need to see your resume. He just needs you to be obedient and follow him. God does not need your resume. Are you willing? Lastly, I'm done. I'm done. Number one, there was no reassurance. There was no restraint. There was no resume given. Lastly, are y'all ready? There was no regret. You'll never find a regret. You can study the the life of Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, and guess what? You won't find any regret. You want to know why? Because when you follow Him, there is no regret. It's the greatest decision you could possibly make in your life tonight, Calvary Baptist Church. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The best thing that you can do is follow him. There's no regret. God used these men in a mighty way. Peter was one of the three in the inner circle. He got to go up on the mountain with Jesus, and there was only two others that got to go with him. How cool is that? You know why he got to do those things? Because he followed him. You want God to use your life? You want to see what other people don't get to see? You want God to use you like nobody else? Guess what? You got to first follow Him when there's no reassurance. Are y'all with me? Peter jumped in with both feet. It is said on many historical accounts, it's not in your Bible, but it is said on many historical accounts that Peter was crucified and he asked to be crucified upside down because he was not worthy to be crucified the same way as Christ. Does that sound like somebody who's living with regret? He wasn't living with regret. The greatest decision he ever made in his life that day was laying that net down. And following that man named Jesus who we, he believed and the Bible tells us in John chapter number one to be the Messiah. Messiah. The greatest decision he ever made was following him. So many people I've had people come up to me and they say, Dalton, you was, you was always the good kid man. Don't you wish you could have sold a few wild oats? Don't you wish you could have uh, done a little went a little crazy, had a little fun, made a few memories? I'm like people do you, have you not, do you, have you not seen my life? I'm embarrassed at how good I got it. Are y'all with me? If I was to sit down and tell y'all how good God's been to me, y'all would look down on me. Y'all would literally say, he don't deserve that. It would be hard for you not to get bitter. I'm, I'm being serious. God's been so good to me. I mean, have y'all seen my wife? I mean, come on now, Brother Johnny. That was God. That was God. Are y'all with me? On a good day, have you seen my kids? They're the cutest little jokers you've ever seen in your life. I'm not going to tell y'all where I live because I don't trust y'all. But you ought to see the house God gave me. Are y'all with me? You ought to see the job God gave me. You ought to see my family every single day when I get to see them. Every single, I, I play more golf with my dad than I play with anybody. Oh, what are you trying to say? I get to spend time with my parents. I get, I get everything everybody else dreams about. That's right, and guess what? I didn't lose my testimony to do it. Amen. Are you all with me? Yes, I didn't have to go sow wild oats. What are you trying to say, Brother Dalton? I'm trying to say this. The greatest decision I ever made in my life was following him was following Him. If I was to sit down and tell y'all, I'm telling you, God has blessed me so much, I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around it. And when I complain, I get under so much conviction because God's like, dude, are you kidding me right now? I mean, if you don't like the life I've given you, I'll give it to somebody else. And then I change my attitude real quick because I got it great. Are y'all with me? God's been good to me. The best decision I ever made was following Him. And I didn't say that to brag on myself. I said that to brag on Him. Because when you follow Him, He will make sure that there's no regrets. You cannot outgive God with your time, with your talents, or with your treasure. You can't outgive Him. He will not be outdone. I promise you tonight, if you'll throw in with Him, if you'll give Him everything, He'll give it right back to you. And probably ten times. Let me ask you this question, church. I know a lot of y'all are serving Him. Praise the Lord. Are you following Him? What's following Him look like? Wherever He goes, you go. Some people in here, you trying to lead Him. you saying, you saying to the Lord, follow me. That ain't how it works. We must follow Him. When you wake up in the morning, follow Him. Brother Matt, I know he remembers this. When we first moved here, he preached a series on are you a fan or are you a follower? Fans, they get up scream and they'll worship on Sunday. Followers get up in the morning on Monday when you forgot to make coffee and you got in the car and you realize your hair is all a mess and you forgot your makeup and everything's going wrong, but you still follow Him. That's the difference between a fan and a follower. Followers. They don't have to win. Fans have to win. Are y'all with me? Followers follow no matter what the circumstance. Are you a follower? Simple as that. Everybody in here, ask yourself this question. Am I a follower? Do I fear God? Do I respect Him enough that I think about him on a daily basis. Here's the, here's the reality. Can I just be honest with y'all? And y'all don't get mad at me. I hope I'm wrong. I would say 75% of this church that is sitting in this room. What? Yeah, 75% does not have a daily relationship with him. I was just talking to Miss Lynn last night. She come up to me and she said did you know I read a statistic the other day that said 10% of Christians in the United States of America do not have a daily uh, relationship with Christ. 10% do, sorry. 90% don't. I told her, what did I tell you Miss Lynn? I said, I bet you it's lower than that. So many people And here's the thing, I'm not telling you this because I'm getting on to you. I'm telling you this because I'm like, if you only knew what you're missing out on. I'm not getting on to you to try to make you mad and point the finger at you. I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm trying to encourage you because if you only knew what it would do to your attitude, to your marriage, to your children, to have somebody who had a daily walk with Christ, Are y'all with me? Somebody who followed him. Do you follow him tonight? Everybody says, yeah, yeah, I follow. All right. Don't lie in church. I wonder how many people. I'm going to pray. This is a great opportunity for you. Here's the thing. Here's what what fans do. Fans say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus' number one fan. I come to church every week. I am a follower of Christ. And I preach up here. And you're under conviction right now. Because you know you had not been following him like you should. Okay? This is what a fan does. I'm going to start tomorrow. Listen. If you're a true follower of Jesus, you find yourself around this altar and you say, Lord, I'm sorry that I have been waiting on a promise that ain't coming. I'm sorry that I have allowed my fishing nets, let me just say it like this, my golf clubs, (laughs) my deer stand, my motorcycle, my Jeep, my relationship, my job to hold me back. Lord, help me to follow you more closely. That's what a follower does. Who in here needs to find their way around this altar and say, Lord, I hadn't been following you, but I want to. Lord, give me the strength and the courage to do it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the example that these four men in your word gave us. Lord, not just to be, uh, Lord, in church on Sunday, but Lord, to follow you each and every day. These men followed you everywhere through persecution Lord, through troubles, through trials, through, through being tired. Lord, they followed you in every aspect of their life. Lord, help me to do that. Lord, help our church to do that. Lord, help our country to do that. Lord, we need you. Lord, I pray that you'd help every single one of us, Lord. Maybe there's somebody in here, Lord, that is holding on to something. God, I pray that you'd give them freedom from it. Lord, give them liberty. Lord, to let go of that thing, that That net that's holding them back. Lord, keeping them from following you. Lord, give them the strength. They can do it. Lord, I pray for the one who doesn't feel adequate. Lord, the one that doesn't feel like maybe with their past that they even deserve to follow you. Lord, maybe for the one who doesn't have the resume that everybody else does. Lord, help them to understand. They don't need all that. They just need to have obedience. They just need to follow you. Lord, help me to realize that. Lord, I need to realize that. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for every time I've thrown in and followed you, I've never had a regret. Lord, you've always took care of me. You've always took care of my family. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd give every person in this room that reassurance that wherever we're going, if we're following you, you've already been. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we leave tonight. Give you glory. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quickly before we get out of here tonight. I wonder if there's somebody in here, real quickly, a simple question. I wonder if there's somebody in here tonight. You say, Brother Dalton, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be. I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be. What does salvation even mean? What does being saved even mean? This is what it means. When you die, you go to a place called heaven. Without salvation, you go to a place called hell. It's a very serious matter. I wonder if there's anybody in here tonight you say, Brother Dalton, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be. If, you do, if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand real quick. I'm not saved, but I want to be. I'm not saved, but I want to be. I see one. Is anybody else? I'm not saved, but I want to be. All right. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you for your word once again. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the one, Lord, that raised their hand. Lord, they need a salvation. Lord, I pray, Lord, that if, to, if today is their day, don't let them walk out of here, Lord. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for bringing them here tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd keep us safe until we get to meet again. Lord, I pray that you'd begin to do a work in each one of our hearts. Lord, give us a burden to wake up in the morning. Give us a want to. Lord, give us a want to wake up in the morning and get our day started following You. Before we follow social media, before we follow a job, before we follow a relationship here or or this or that, Lord, help us to wake up and follow You. Lord, I pray that You'd help every one of us, including myself, mainly myself. Lord, we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. You deserve every bit of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Real quickly, if you raised your...